From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon. I'm sitting alongside uh, Jason Caldwell, actually inside the Auburn Athletics Complex. So we're just going to we're going to walk into the coaches' offices right now and break down some film with them, ask them what's going on. Um, no, I think we'd be arrested if we did that, Jason. But um, we do have a lot to talk about. Auburn conducted its first scrimmage of preseason camp on Thursday morning inside Jordan Hare Stadium. And uh, we had quite a few notes, and um, I guess just the general storyline from it was what everybody would expect from the defense. Defense is really good, and uh, the quarterbacks had some struggles. Uh, we've heard that Bo Nix threw three interceptions, two of them more or less, maybe not his fault, deflected passes um, off the receivers. Um, Joey Gatewood had some struggles trying to lead the offense down the field, but I believe he may have let him down the field goal drive uh, near the end of the scrimmage. They had a 58-yard, 57-yard field goal by Anders Carlson. But all that said, um, the defense won the day, particularly the Orange defense, which is the first team. And uh, the offense just kind of struggled a little bit, particularly trying to run the ball. Um, and the receivers have got to step up. But, Jason, I, I say all this to, to add to this, and we'll get into the conversation. Auburn scrimmage Thursday without its four top receivers. Three of them were out completely. One of them was out for most of it, uh, and that being Seth Williams, who got injured early in the scrimmage. Uh, we'll see what the deep deal is there. I don't think it's serious based off what I've been, heard, been hearing. But um, what can we take away from this? Because everybody, everybody wants to freak out about the offense, but the defense should be ahead of the offense at this point anyway. Correct. That's, yeah, if your defense doesn't win this scrimmage a couple of days into full pads, then you're more than likely going to be in trouble as yeah. the season goes on. So it's exactly what you would expect going into this. And then you throw in those variables where the receivers are out. And, you know, Boogie Whitlow, very limited in right. his work. Cam Martin, not a whole lot of work either. This was more Sean Shivers, Harold Joyner, some of those young guys. No DJ Williams, who is a guy that, that many people think may be in the mix at running back, still right. kind of holding him out after his shoulder. Um, you know, just a little cleanup on his shoulder following spring practice. So you throw all those things into the mix and then throw in that Auburn's defense is pretty good. This should yeah. be a defense that should go out and dominate the first scrimmage. A lot of veterans, they don't have anything really to learn in camp. Um, you know, getting some young guys going at linebacker, but those are guys that were here in the spring. So I, I think it, it went exactly as it should. Now, sloppier probably on offense yeah. than you would have wanted because, you know, they didn't do a ton in terms of opening it up. Right. But as Gus Malzahn said, they did add a few wrinkles in that they're going to work on towards Oregon. Mm -hmm. So there are some new things probably for these young quarterbacks to deal with. I thought that was what was interesting today when he mentioned, you know, usually these scrimmages are just like we're, we're, we're working on ourselves, but they're like, you know, we're looking at Oregon quite a bit here too, even this early in camp. But that kind of not necessarily surprised me, but I was like, I, I don't think I've heard him say that before in a preseason camp at this point. No, and, and, and it tells me a little bit in that I think he feels pretty good about the direction of the offense. Yeah, that's even what I was going to say. Even yeah. though today they didn't perform like like maybe people would have hoped for, 
the fact that that they feel good enough about where they are in terms of installation to go ahead and say, look, we're going to work on some of these things that we know we're going to do against Oregon. Right. Um, that tells me, first of all, that they they feel pretty good about the direction of the offense. Second of all, they feel pretty good about what type of offense they're going to run. And so that leans, leans me to believe that, you know, even though there's not a quarterback decision and nor should one come right now, um, they probably have a pretty good idea of, of maybe what they expect to happen there down the road. Yeah, I mean, if if you had to, like, press me up against a hot plate right now, I'm, I would say that both quarterbacks are going to play against Oregon no matter what. It's just a matter of figuring out who's going to be the first one out there. I get the feeling more and more. I'm, and it's early yet still, obviously. I just get the feeling that both are going to play, and then the first three weeks of the season, they're going to figure out who's going to be the one that plays the most um, because they like both of both of them, Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood. I, I, I think the, the one issue that you worry about is obviously the interceptions today, but as I mentioned, Two of them were deflected, and the other one was an incredible athletic grab by Smoke Monday along the sideline where he had tiptoe and control his body. And by the way, this is like at least the second time he's done it in preseason. Yes. Yeah, some of you probably already saw the video that he posted and I think was quickly deleted. I think the coaches said, don't put that out there. Uh, just an incredible interception he had uh, Tuesday in, a, in Auburn's full padded practice against Sal Canella defending him where he just out-wrestled him for the, for the ball. But that's the other thing. Um, uh, about this scrimmage and what's been happening is that last year the big talk was we got to get more turnovers. They're getting turnovers right now. I mean, three picks today, maybe a fumble out there as well. That's what Kevin Steele really wants to see. And for it to be happening, not necessarily up front, but from their cornerbacks and their, their safeties, that's a big, big thing. It's a, it's a must when you consider what's on the other side of the ball. When you have freshman quarterback, and, and they're going to have a freshman quarterback no matter what happens, even yeah. if they get down to number three, it's still, he's going to be an old one, but it would be a freshman. Yeah. Um, you need to put those guys in favorable positions and getting some turnovers and giving those guys some maybe some advantageous field position really important for their success on offense. We've, we've talked about it all the time. You know, you look in, in the Alabamas and Clemsons of the world, the, their points aren't just scored on offense. It's, it's by creating turnovers, creating plays on defense and setting it up or scoring on defense. And that's where you take the step in this day and age from being a good defense to a great defense. It's not necessarily how many yards you give up. Right. Even not necessarily how many points you give up because teams now are going to score points. Mm-hmm. But if you go out and create some turnovers, more than likely you're going to give yourselves a really good chance to win. Yeah, just look. You look at the turnover battle, and and I mean, I, you know, when I was doing research on all of Auburn's Power Five opponents this year and going through all that, I mean, it's very clear. Like the best teams were the ones that won turnover bat, the battles and were highly ranked in the turnover margin nationally last season. And the ones that were really bad, and particularly the one I saw was Arkansas. They were just atrocious in turnover margin. They won two games, um, and Auburn was kind of in the middle there. If you get – I mean, you get one more turnover a game, that, that changes the season for you last season for I mean, Auburn. Yeah, just think – I mean, just, just two games alone. Right. Just Tennessee and LSU alone. LSU, yeah. Just those two things alone, one more possession out of your offense, and, and how differently does last year feel and, and heading into this season feel with two more wins last year. Right, Exactly. And it's all because of turnover margin, guys. Tennessee game, Auburn just turned the ball over too much. LSU, 
You need to get some turnovers. Right. You got to create some. Um, and LSU was in, you know, we're, we're, I know you mentioned this on Twitter, uh, uh, they were in max protect a lot and we're trying to protect the quarterback, make sure they didn't, you know, have any uh, uh, turnovers in that game. But I, I digress. You know, moving forward, Auburn is going to, um, looks like they're probably going to scrimmage again Wednesday based off what I understand. So about six day, there's not a six day break between practices, but a six day break before the next scrimmage. I think after that's when they start whittling things down at all positions, figuring out what the two deep looks like, which freshmen and newcomers will be able to contribute for them, what, who's going to be on scout team and all that. They start trying to figure that stuff out. Um, and I would think that they would maybe have a third smaller scrimmage a little bit after that before preseason camp ends where they kind of just settle everything down. Yeah, I, I think you look at it, and, and if you follow kind of normal protocol, you have a second full scrimmage right. where you go out there and say, okay, all the cards are on the table. As Gus Malzahn said today, you got to have another one to find out who responds. Which one of those quarterbacks responds and says, okay, here, I, I knew where I messed up. Let's Let's take this thing to another level. Same thing at wide receiver. You know, you didn't didn't have a great day from those other guys who can step up behind those known players mm -hmm. and become playmakers. And then you whittle all those things down. And then a third scrimmage, I think, is is really a, a situational one where you you run guys out there and go, all right, it's third and six. Um, here's what we're looking at, all, just to give those young quarterbacks game type feel. And you know, they did some of that today. He said right. they did. You know, they did the dirty show where they did you know third downs. They've done red zone. You can do some of those situational, maybe a couple of periods a day, just live and 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 just give those quarterbacks a little bit more feel. Auburn also worked live on punt return uh, Thursday in their scrimmage, and the top three guys uh, repeated once again by Gus Malzahn are Javaris Davis, uh, Christian Tut, and Matthew Hill. Um, Davis intercepted a pass uh, Thursday and returned it for a touchdown, but he also dropped a. a ball on a punt return as well I would say even after that it appears they're really leaning toward Davis as the top guy there I might be mistaken I thought Christian Tuck coming in would be like the guy but Davis has been the one that's mostly been the first one out there but they got three solid options there of course Matthew Hill's kind of the wild card being the younger guy what do you think ends up happening there at punt return? You know, I think it's 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 real interesting because if you know we saw Javaris Davis um, in our last open period have a drop as well, and yeah, um, that's not, Gus Malzahn. His main focus, okay, who is the most sure-handed guy we got? There's no question that Javaris Davis would be the more explosive option back there. He's one of the fastest players in the country, and a former running back, he can run with the ball in his hands. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at Christian Tut because he got some experience. We saw him catch a few last year. Yep. Make a couple of plays, and then you're right. A guy like Matthew Hill, as Gus has mentioned, and we talk about it too. You got to have a little bit of that edge about you to be a punt returner. Matthew Hill's got some edge now. He yeah. believes he is the best guy out there. I wouldn't be shocked. Maybe you go Christian Tutt early on because he's been there before. Slide Matthew Hill in a couple of times, and maybe week two and three to see what he can do, and, and see if he's a guy that you might want to hand it to. You're exactly right about the sure-handed things. I mean, just look through Gus Malzahn's pass. It's always been, you know, the backup from the past season. If the starter leaves, it's always the backup that comes up. So that's all I always thought. Oh, Christian Tut makes sense. And our, obviously, Javaris Davis is in the mix there. But with him dropping punts, God, that can't set well with Gus Malzahn, Larry Porter, and the crew there. So, And I could see, too, I could see them having – Somebody like Will Hastings, yeah, 
as a guy that, okay, say the team is punting and just, okay, let's make good decisions down here. Let's put Will in the game as to whether you want to catch it, fair catch it, let it go around the end zone. I think that could be something to watch for as well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I want to talk a little bit about the receivers that are injured right now. Obviously, Anthony Schwartz, since the last time we did a podcast, Anthony Schwartz had hand surgery on on Monday. Was it Monday? I'm mixing my days up. He had had hand surgery earlier this week and is out. Um, They don't know if he's going to be back for the opener. I think it's pushing it a little bit. He's going to be back for the opener just because of it being an invasive procedure. So he's gone. Your fastest receiver, Will Hastings, he's kind of resting his knee, resting some soreness. So is Eli's stove. And I've been told both of them might miss four to five practices here and there all the way up until the opener potentially they're guys that they just want to be 100% in full speed when games come because they know what they can do. But because of them being out now, Seth Williams, who maybe tweaked his hamstring, Auburn's best receivers are not practicing right now. And it's very obvious in practice it's a little bit different. And there's one way to look at it. Like Gus Malzahn said, it gives the younger guys, some of these other guys an opportunity to prove themselves. But What's happening is a lot like what was happening in the spring is coaches are just not very pleased right now with what these receivers are doing. There's too many drop passes, um, guys just not getting open. And I think that contributed a lot to uh, the quarterback struggling the way they did. I know the, I mean, the defense did what they did, but the, just not having those guys. I mean, it's four receivers. You're four top guys. You don't have them out there. That changes a lot of things. And what I was told, you know, earlier in, in preseason camp, when they were out there, they were explosive yes. uh, going down the field. I know it was early in camp. They weren't wearing pads or anything. But it's obvious this offense is very different without those four guys out there. Different field. And, you know, we talked about it last year. Something you can't quantify as to how important it was was not having Will Hastings and Eli Stowe last year for Jared Stidham. Yeah, you had some young guys that made plays, but what you don't know – are the times when those guys weren't where they were supposed to be. Maybe right. they made the wrong read, all those things, and you're left holding the football. Um, those are things that now you can look and say, maybe that's that's something what happened today, especially when you go young quarterback already, but you go young players that are trying to make their way. And this is a really important now next week. You know what makes me think that more is when I see Marquise McLean's name a lot today, yeah. mm-hmm. catching a touchdown and having a better day than all the other receivers. He's more experienced. More experienced. He's not necessarily more talented, but he's more experienced yeah. in this offense. Yeah, and he and he's a guy that's physical, can bring an edge in the blocking game. Right. 
for a guy like that, this has made the most important week of his career. I, yes, I agree with that. Um, and it could be it's for an opportunity. And it could be for Shedrick Jackson, Matthew Hill, and others because of the guys coming in next year. This is the opportunity yeah. to go, look, you put me on the field, I'm ready to go. Because if it doesn't happen, oh, then yeah. all of a sudden now you have four more coming in next year to go, I'm ready to go. And right. it, it could it could mean even tougher sledding next year. Yeah, uh, Gus Malzahn mentioned Cedric Jackson's name in passing today. I mean, he played quite a bit last year. Um, good blocker for Auburn. And he's a guy that if he's going to get – wants to be more involved, this is kind of got to be the season where he does it. This is the season, the opportunity, and, and a guy that – all he's wanted to do is play football at Auburn. Yep. This is kind of his his goal. Now he's got that opportunity. I'll tell you the thing about him. You mentioned blocking. We've heard Gus Malzahn talk about it. We know going back to what Gus Malzahn wants to do, how important that oh, is. Yeah. Shedrick's a guy that even in his days back at Hoover, you know, Josh Niblett would talk about him going, look, he does the little things right. that don't get talked about. And to me, that's a way to get on the field right now for one of these young wide receivers. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that I mean, and that happened last season with Cedric. His first season, like, he was a guy that no one was talking about, you know, because everybody was in love with Anthony Schwartz, Seth Williams, and even Matthew Hill to a certain extent, even though Hill was even less involved. But Cedric Jackson was out there on the field uh, laying some blocks down. So uh, be interesting to watch. Um, I think what's going to be interesting, like got the, Gus Malzahn mentioned this uh, after the scrimmage, and you mentioned it as well. That that second scrimmage is going to be very important because you want whichever side of the ball got beat up to respond and be the one that wins it the next go around. And with the offensive line getting whipped by that, I mean, incredible. I mean, we, I mean, listen, Auburn's defensive line might be the best in the nation. It just might, it might be. But the fact of the matter is, when you're when you're going intra squad and you're going up against each other. You're not necessarily sitting there thinking, oh, um, there's no one better than this group. It's just like, I see these guys every day. I got to beat them. I got to beat them. I got to beat them. So they're going to go out there on Wednesday or whenever they pra uh, scrimmage next. And coaches, the offensive coaches are going to say, we expect you to beat up the defensive line that's going around. Get your push, get your, get, get your butts in gear. Um, so I say that to say this. Do you think Wednesday it's a different story? Do we hear that the offense has had more – success or is it one of those situations where if it's just orange team against orange team first team against first team that defense yeah. is so good it's gonna be difficult to get anything going i still think the defense probably wins yeah it. um but you go hey make more plays be cleaner in your execution yeah i think that's the other thing. that's the thing i think maybe bo not the single one guy out but like bo nicks maybe takes a little bit more chances yes throwing I, the ball down and the field. i think that's just his personality right um those are things, you, as a young quarterback, you go, okay, look, maybe we could have made a better decision yeah. here. And and you get to look at it. I mean, you had one live – that live scrimmage, a couple other scrimmages in the spring, and now this is another opportunity. And a couple – really, really, it's only a couple of days into camp. This is yeah. really early in terms of having a scrimmage yeah, like he's this. He's had 26 practice days, I think, yeah, as an and, Auburn and Tiger. And so you start talking about – yeah, maybe, maybe it's one oh, of those. Oh, wait, listen, that. I'm sorry. No, no, 15 in the spring, yeah, so, 20, so 21. 21. 21, I'm sorry, yeah. Um, but all those things factor in. It factors in, too, that, you know, this defense, when they've gone 11-on-11, 11 11, these are the exact same plays they've been seeing at the whole camp, That's too. That's the other thing. Everybody – I mean, people know that in the back of their mind. They're always – they always – you want to hear what you want to hear. But, I mean, they, they, they went base defense, base offense on Thursday, and they know exactly what's coming practically, I'm sure, on every play. Um, so – 
So and maybe and, you, and you're out and you're out four receivers yeah, maybe, and you're holding back a lot of the running backs. Say, so maybe Wednesday when you go out, you go okay. Let's yeah. add a little bit more of what right. we're going to do, um, and and run the offense a little mm-hmm. bit and see how it responds. And, and you know that could have obviously a, a different impact. But you're right. I think how those guys respond um, on the offensive side of the ball. Do I expect us to to next Wednesday afternoon be going? The yeah. offense dominated the defense. No, because no. that would be bad news as well. But I, <laughs> yeah. I expect to hear more of the offense. Yeah, unless like some of the offensive players are like, "Hey, we're going to take you out for steak dinner tonight if you just let us whoop up on you this one day." We don't want to hear from it our. Might coaches. take that with this group it right might. now. It might not take it later in the year, but right now it might take. I don't. That. I don't know about you. I, it, you know, I heard in the spring like the defensive line, you know, what didn't necessarily take a step back, but they just weren't going after it as hard. But I got this sense today that they are just chomping at the bit, man. I, you know, I, I wrote something on Derek Brown after talking to him today, and it was, you hear Gus Malzahn say dominating. You look at the 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 takeaways from the scrimmage and everything that happened. You go, that'd be pretty dominating. And Derek Brown says, not good enough. Yeah, that that's what you want to hear. Because that's the leadership you want to hear from Derek well, Brown too. You, you want to hear you want to hear a defense that's not satisfied with being 14th in the country. That's yeah, good, right? But you want to have a group that goes. Look, we want to be top five in the country, and 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 we saw it last year. The potential, obviously there, but this is still a defense that gave up three hundred yards rushing twice in a game, gave up points in bunches to Alabama. To be a dominant defense, those days don't happen, and that's what they're trying to avoid. Yeah, you know, for all the great numbers they've put up, you're exactly right. You look back at last season, there were there were too many breakdowns of some key points, and not just the total yards like Mississippi State with with uh, um, their, their running quarterback and everything they were doing, just gashing Auburn. But Tennessee and LSU throwing the ball down the field. Um, you think Auburn's going to be better there just because Noah Benogany is going to be playing his second season at cornerback. You're going to have Javaris Davis at corner, and he's a fast, athletic guy. Veteran safeties and, and depth at right. safety. So to hear that coming from Derek Brown, who's going to, probably going to be a top five pick uh, in the NFL draft, that he's not satisfied, you know everybody else on that defense is listening to him. And uh, that's, that's an amazing thing to hear. But they're going to have to prove it on the field this season because, as you said, there were times last season you're like, man, no one can do anything against them. Correct. But then there would be – you're just like, how did, how did LSU get that – ball down the field how did Tennessee, Tennessee get that ball down the field and you're like how'd that happen well how is Mississippi State running all over Auburn yeah, right now that was you know that was probably the uh, the game where you go man how do, how does that happen yeah. against this team and Georgia Georgia has a I mean, great offensive line but, yeah. I mean, and but it's the, late in the season late in the year but you still go man 300 yards rushing this team with those guys that shouldn't happen and yeah. so I think that has to be a motivating factor for these guys heading into the year and it's something something we hadn't mentioned yet though is and that those defensive tackle spots without Connus Miller, mm. Daquan Newkirk, having Tyrone Truesdale be able to play multiple reps could be, you know, huge for this team. Yeah, and and it sounds like Thursday the the top two guys there were Tyrone Truesdale at tackle and Nick Coe played a little bit inside as well. Um, you know, all those guys kept saying I, I played everywhere along the defensive line, but it certainly sounds like maybe the top two guys right now as Newkirk heels. And his his recovery time is going to be longer than Connus Miller. I'm interested to see when Connus Miller gets back out there and what he's able to do. But right now, top two guys seem like it's going to be Tyrone and then Nick Coe maybe moving around a little bit. Yeah. Maybe Marlon uh, move inside at times, depending on the package. But 
that's going to be an interesting the, the, the spot. The question is, is which guy can be the fourth true tackle? Right. Because you're, you're going to have somebody that needs to spell Derek Brown. Yeah. Um, so you're going to – unless you have a three-man rotation and moving those guys around. But you need that fourth guy. So, you know, getting Connus Miller back, you know, he's been running on the side doing those things. Getting him back and, and where he can – I mean, if he could play ten snaps mm-hmm. week one because Oregon's going to pace you. That's a really good offensive right. line. Um, you need that extra defensive tackle and – like I said, it's not much rest for Marlin if you have to move him inside after he's been playing the end. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing. It's like it sounds great on paper, like move Nico inside, but also have him play some buck. Move Marlin inside, but also have him play defensive end. That's a lot of snaps for those guys to be playing. And they, to be quite honest, I think they need to be focusing more on buck and defensive end where they're they're at their best. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's the thing. I think either that or Nico is is full time. You go, hey, you're you're a tackle. Yeah. Do that. If you're going to make that move, and then have you know Big Cat Big and Cat, TD, TD, you know Derek Hall, whoever else, yeah, and then have Jaron Handy, getting him prepared to be able to spell, you know, potentially spell Marlin, unless you want to move Nick Coe back out there. So the good thing is you do have you know three or four guys that can move around a little bit. You talk about we talked about bat you backups right there. Here are some guys you've been hearing that have kind of been standing out that we haven't really talked about as far as whether they're newcomers or backups. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned Handy, but mm-hmm. when you see him, you see a guy that, that looks like what an SEC defensive end looks like. I mean, you just and this is a guy that did not have the, the luxury of being at Auburn early, going through winter right. conditioning, all those things. Um, I think physically he's a guy that's there. But I, I tell you what, Derek Hall and, and, and Colby Wooden both, I think, are guys that – um, are going to have a chance to impact the game. Um, both have gotten bigger and stronger. Um, and having that extra depth outside could give you a little bit more flexibility to move some things around inside if you want to. I wanted to mention briefly, we haven't, we haven't discussed this in really all preseason, but Auburn's replacing all their starting linebackers. I heard they had a great day uh, in the scrimmage Thursday. And particularly, Zacoby McLean apparently laid laid some licks. I've been told, uh, and is a very big hitter. He is a guy that plays much different than his size would lend you to. And when I first saw him in high school, I thought, man, that's a guy that Travis Williams will love to have if he can get him because he he looks exactly like Travis did. Travis yeah. was you know two hundred and five pounds playing middle linebacker. Zacoby McLean's a little bigger than that. He's going to get a little bit bigger. But he is a physical football player, and you saw a little bit of that in his short time he got to play last year. But Chandler Wooten is there, a guy that I think adds that that veteran leadership. And then Owen Popo just continues to step up, and there's no question as long as he's healthy, he's going to play early and often on defense. Yeah, he might not be the starter to start the season, but by the end of the season he might be. And he's going to play a lot anyway. But, you know, it's, cra- it's not crazy to think, but it's just – it's so – amazing to me that Auburn loses all those linebackers from last season including Deshaun Davis who I absolutely love and then you're going to put them in put all these first-time starters guys that have some backup experience but I haven't heard a negative thing about them through spring through preseason camp that they've just been really really playing their tails off yeah and you know KJ Britt KJ obviously Brett. out right now yeah. and and with um, wearing sunglasses obviously looks like you know some sort of minor concussion deal yeah, that, that yeah. but I you know he should be back here soon he is the, he is the guy that's been the leader of that group and that's how you know that's how he's been since he was in high school he's been training for this moment to be the leader of that room and 
um, you're right, that entire group has been one that I think – I don't think it surprised Travis Williams. I don't think it surprised them. Mm-hmm. But probably people from the outside might be surprised at just how well those guys have played so far. Yeah, just the idea that three guys are gone and then you just replace them with first-time starters and doesn't look like they're going to miss a beat and they might actually be better. Uh, that's saying something. That's saying something about Travis Williams' recruiting and his continued recruiting on the recruiting trail. Uh, speaking of recruiting, here real quick before we end the podcast, and maybe by the time you hear this, Friday's a big day for Auburn. Uh, running back Tank Bigsby, who's ready to four-star, might be a five-star, really, um, is going to announce a pick among South Carolina, Auburn, and Georgia. Auburn obviously feeling very good about their their chances with him. His announcement's coming at 5.30 p.m. Central Time on Friday. Be on the lookout for that. Jason, you know, just real quick here, get a commitment from him. What a way to cap the summer. It would be a monster summer and a monster finish for Auburn. Um, yeah, I mean, you look, and Auburn has done a whale of a job. Carnot Williams, you know, we knew that hiring him would – how it would impact things, but he has – he's kind of sunk his teeth into this recruiting of, of Tank and – uh, has done a great job, and, and you know Tank is a guy that could be another game changer in terms of this class. You know, the, and you add him to this group of running backs already on campus, and yeah. well, that's a fun group to look at for next year. So I think, like Auburn's chances, I had a high school coach that played him that has played a lot of really good football teams over the years that told me, "Hey, Tank Bigsby's the best running back we've, we've I've ever seen." Wow. Um, and the interesting thing for me is that seeing him last year for the first time on the field. He reminded me a lot of Carryon Johnson because I thought when I first saw him, safety, because he's a great athlete. He's gotten bigger, stronger. Now, now the running back part is there, but I was the exact opposite for Carryon. Everybody that saw him the first time or saw him very rarely thought safety, but I saw him so much I knew he was a dynamic, great running back. Yeah. So I think it's one of those – when I see a guy like that now, Mark Anthony Richards has that potential, right, yeah. you go – Man, in this day and age in football, you can do so many things with a guy that's a true athlete at a running back, and I think Tank's one of those guys. I mean, if Tank, if Tank commits to Auburn, like a lot of us think, I, I think actually his crystal ball in 24-7 sports is now 100% Auburn. Um, but uh, like you said, that running back room next year, oh, my goodness. Booby Whitlow, you've got Tank Bigsby, DJ Williams, Mark Anthony Richards. Sean Shivers. Sean Shivers. Harold Joyner, Malik Miller could still be around. You, could, I mean, that's as much depth as you could ask for. That's it's incredible. And uh, you, you mentioned Carryon Johnson. Cadillac Williams has compared Mark Anthony Richards to Carryon Johnson with their running style and how he could be, uh, maybe not this season, obviously, but uh, in the seasons going ahead, Auburn's going to be in. Pretty good hands at the running back spot after, obviously, there were some concerns over the last couple of years about depth there. Uh, they're going to be deep this year, and they're going to be maybe even deeper next year. Yeah, and I thought another, interest, another interesting way that Gus Malzahn put something today was Cadillac Williams was rotating those guys in and out. That's If that stands, if it holds, that could be another game changer on offense for this team not wearing a guy out and not having one guy with 28 to 30 carries. That's happened almost every season here. I know fans have have mentioned it near the end of the year, and the running back is usually banged up to get their bell cow. Um, especially, you know, Booby last year at the shoulder issues, on Johnson. Yep. Um, Cam Petway the, the year before. Cam Petway the year before. 
Yeah, it's it's been and, and and even Trey Mason, he played through it. He had he had a wrist uh, issue in 2013, but he played through it. Didn't really affect him. Well, the thing you can't look at is don't look at end of the year totals, mm-hmm. but look at game by game. Game by game. Yeah. And I think Cam Pelway, carry on Johnson. Now there were some injuries involved. I think only twice they both carried the ball 20 times. Yeah. It was all or nothing for either one. Yep. Same thing with Trey Mason. There were you know Cam Pelway had some carries in certain games or when they got ahead some, but. If the game was on the line, it was one person. To have the ability to play multiple players in key situations to keep from wearing down a guy, that that could be something that could have a big impact on the end of the year when you're talking about George Alabama. The guy I keep hearing a lot about is Worm. Hey. Um, Sean Shivers. The, the guy that I believe right now is is the energizer bunny for this team and for this offense and obviously for this running back room. A, a player that when you watch him on the field, you never see him not smiling and you never yeah. not see him bouncing around. I believe he is a guy that when this team gets into the season, I thought, you know, mix, I think he's now an 8 to 10, maybe 10 to 12 carry a game guy. I yeah. think he has to get those touches even more so than maybe I thought coming into the year. I know I know, I know the players love him and I know the coaches are starting to, to love the possibilities with him. And everybody's like, well, maybe they'll put him in the slot or something like that. Nope, running back. Hey, and he's a physical runner, yep. much different than his size might indicate because he's a guy that can run through tackles. And we saw a little bit of that last year in the LSU game particularly. He was running over linebackers and defensive backs, and I remember sitting in the press box going, why, why aren't they playing him more? Yes, <laughs> he's going to get lower than anybody else. And, yes, uh, exactly. and, and he's physical. He, he looks incredible right now in mm-hmm. terms of his shape and coming into the season. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think Worm's definitely a player to watch. All right, guys, a lot to talk about today and obviously here in the future with recruiting and preseason camp continuing. Much more coverage at auburn.247sports.com. For Jason, I'm Brandon. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.